Hey friends, welcome back to the Sunning 65 podcast. I'm your host, Maddie Schultz, and today we are joined by Nicole Remmert. I've learned so much from watching this gal walk through seasons of suffering with the Lord. I am believing that you are going to be so encouraged by what Jesus is doing in and through her. Enjoy. Hello, friends. Today I am joined by Nicole Remmert. Yes. Remmert. Okay. Yep. I was like, I should have asked you how to pronounce your last name before. <laughs> Remmert. Um, when I think about Nicole, I think about a woman who is paving the way for the Christian men and women behind her mm-hmm. and in front of her, um, just showing and teaching us what it looks like to trust God fully and live for his glory alone. Um, we've only met once or twice in person, really haven't yeah. gotten to like chat that much in person, more so on like social media through just conversation mm-hmm. and following your story and stuff. Um, but I'm so excited for you guys all to get to learn from and be spurred on by what God has done and is doing through Nicole. So hi, Nicole. Hey. Will you tell us the gist about yourself? Yes. Okay. So um, first, I have to say first, I am a servant of God. As I was kind of Mm -hmm. thinking through these questions, I'm like, I need to say that first. So Mm -hmm. first, I am a servant of God. And then every other role that I have kind of flows from that. So Mm -hmm. um, I'm a wife to Seth, who is a youth pastor at um, Fremont E. Free. And then I'm a mom to two sweet little boys, Russell and Braxton. Russell is three, and then Braxton will be two in a couple weeks, which is crazy. Well, And then I get to be a stay-at-home mom. And yeah, I love being a stay-at-home mom. I get to figure out what it looks like to be a homemaker, not... Not thriving in that department, but <laughs> I'm either. still learning. Yeah, yes. <laughs> we'll take the advice. Yes. Um, yeah. Amazing. Tell us about when you came to know and follow Jesus. Yes. So that's a story. Um, but in a nutshell, so I was raised in um, a Catholic home. Okay. And um, yeah, I was raised in a Catholic home, but it didn't really, my parents were faithful with like taking us to the Catholic church, but it didn't really mean much. It was just kind of very much a tradition for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went there and when I was about 16, then I just kind of wanted to stop going. And when I was in high school, I was a cheerleader and I got really involved. I just got like really swept into the party scene and yeah, and all that that encompassed. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then when I was a senior in high school, then I was dating this guy, um, named Richard. And at that time he was an atheist. Now he's a brother in Christ. Praise God. Another story. But he was an atheist at that time. And I was kind of agnostic. I didn't really know what I believed. Um, But I remember I was a senior in high school and he was a freshman in college. um, And he went to UNO and a a college ministry called The Rock. Have you ever heard of that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So um, this guy named Jeff DeStash, I think his last name is, he started talking to my boyfriend at the time, Richard, Mm -hmm. who was an atheist. And Anyway, he asked him to come to this college ministry with him. And he's like, well, I'll go if my girlfriend, Nicole, goes. And I was a senior in high school at the time. So anyway, we have this conversation. He eventually convinces me to go with him. We Mm -hmm. go. And I just remember um, walking in and, you know, like completely engulfed in the party scene and everything that that encompassed. And I remember walking in to like my very first non-Catholic kind of church thing and just thinking like, 
I'm going to walk in here and I'm just going to burn. Like, I don't belong here. Mm. This is a place for good people and holy people. And like, I don't belong here. Um, and I just remember I was greeted with such kindness and sweetness from everybody. Mm. And people were wanting me to sit next to them and they recognized we were new. And I'm like, who are you people? Wow. Like, yeah. what other place in the world is this just like kind and welcoming. Yeah. And anyway, the pastor came up and I heard the gospel for the first time. I had never in my life, I mean, we were talking earlier, maybe I had heard the gospel before, yeah. but um, it fell on dead ears. Yeah. The Holy Spirit hadn't wrecked me yet. Um, but I remember I heard the gospel for the first time there and the Holy Spirit opened my ears to hear and mm. uh, he opened my heart to receive it. And it just wrecked me. It completely wow. wrecked me. So then that was September 2011 when I was 18. Mm. And then for about two years after that, I was still very much in like the party scene and the boy scene. Mm -hmm. And um, I think I was so engulfed in that world that it took a while for the Lord to um, really strip me of a lot of those idols. Mm -hmm. And he's been sanctifying me ever since. Wow. And when yeah. did you meet Seth? I met Seth um, in 2000, I think 14. So that was just like a year. Yeah. No, that was like, pretty freshly out of like giving up a lot of this wow. stuff. So yeah. I kind of rededicated my life to the Lord after two years yeah. at City Light. Cool. Um, and yeah, I'm like, okay, I'm going to cut off the drinking and the smoking and these inappropriate relationships. And a couple months after that, then I met Seth. Wow. Yeah. So cool. Okay. What is one habit that you've cultivated that has changed your life? Yes. Yeah. One habit is learning how to really study scripture. I think mm. that that has been um, the absolute biggest life-changing thing. Mm. I, th I like. I think back in my early walk with the Lord, and I think that so much, it could have helped me so much in my walk if I would have realized um, that I was supposed to be studying the word. I didn't even know mm. that people like yeah. were like sat down and studied their Bibles. I didn't even know that yeah. that was a thing. So then I think um, having a sister in Christ sit down with me and actually teach me like you can study this and you can like journal about it and mm -hmm. underline things and interact with scripture. And here's like inductive Bible study. Mm -hmm. um, so I think learning just like how to study scripture and not just reading something and then jumping to application. Yeah. Um, but like searching the scriptures and trying to find uh, gospel glimpses through things because mm. it's like the gospel is all that's what scripture is about it's about god's yeah. redemptive plan so just searching the scripture eager to find gospel glimpses and not just jumping to like oh this is about me and how does this apply to me because mm. then we just easily misinterpret things so yeah so when you say gospel glimpses someone might be listening that maybe yeah. they don't even know what that would mean or what the gospel is can you kind of yes. give us a summary of it yes so the gospel is the gospel is um that we are dead well part of it is that we are dead and broken sinners we've been separated from god because of our sins um and then god in his infinite mercy and wisdom mm -hmm. and grace sent his son jesus um, to die on the cross and to pay the penalty for all of his children's sins who'd come to believe in him and that by faith then we can receive that um mm -hmm. and be fully reconciled with god it's this great exchange of jesus living the perfect life that i couldn't live and then him dying the death that i deserved and then him trading places with me mm -hmm. him giving me his perfect life and then that that um, being credited to me and mm -hmm. then him taking on all of my sin and all of my guilt and all of my shame and that being placed on him at the cross. So viewing scripture, viewing like 
all of the Old Testament and all of the New Testament in light of this coming Messiah, who mm. is coming King, who one day will fully reconcile us with God again. So like reading Old Testament stuff and, and just seeing like, okay, does this point to how we're separated from God because of our sin? Yeah. Or does this point to our need to be um, yeah, reconciled to him? Is this, is this King going to reconcile us? No, he failed. Mm. Is this priest going to reconcile us? No, he failed. Like, man, mm. who is this King? Who is this priest that's going to come and finally reconcile us with God again? And mm. then Jesus comes. Yeah. So good. So helpful. Do you feel like you have any tangible things that you have consistently done in studying scripture that you're like, oh, when I'm reading, besides the gospel glimpses, which is so Mm -hmm. helpful, but when I'm reading, I like to do this, sir. Yeah. I think I love the coma. Have you ever heard of the coma method? Mm-mm. Oh my goodness. So. It's great. It's just one of the many like inductive Bible studies. It's yeah. like there's um, like SOAP is an acronym yeah. or like coma. So coma is kind of like SOAP, okay. um, but it stands for context, observation, meaning, and application. Okay. And I'm obsessed with it. So the big thing in coma is it just really hones in on observation and understanding like the context of what you're reading. And then something that's been really helpful is really trying to just plainly figure out what this text is telling me and asking observation questions like, um, okay, what are the subjects that are being talked about here? Mm. And who is being talked about here? And what is being said about them? And are there any, like, what are the verbs in this passage? Are there commands? Mm. Are there, um, is it commanding me to praise? Is it commanding me to repent? Like, what are the verbs here? Or what are repeated words that I see? Because a lot of times repeated words, like, okay, if someone says something once, then I should listen. If someone says something twice or three or four times, it's like, this must be really important in the passage. So taking note on like what are repeated words and then looking up like certain definitions of words, um, like what does it mean to repent? Like what, what's even like Hmm. the textbook definition of, of what it means to repent these Christiany words. So yeah, just really honing in on what is this passage plainly saying? And then what does that teach me about God? Yeah. I think that's another big question. That's super helpful. And I think so often, so many Christians, even professing Christians, like you said before, aren't reading their Bibles or think that's for the pastor to study and then mm. teach me. And it's like, God has given oh. us his alive and active word. You, whoever is listening, has given it to you, to me, to Nicole, yes. to change us, to shape us. He's mm. speaking to us through it. Like that is his primary way of speaking to us. Yeah. So we get to read it and behold it and study it. And that's truly life-changing to not mm. just hear it from someone else on a Sunday, which is totally wonderful. And mm-hmm. I love being taught the word by our pastors. And also God wants us to be engulfed yes. in it, to know it so that we also can place other things up to scripture. He wants us to yep. know it for ourselves. You yes. know? I mean, that was a whole point of like the Reformation. If we yeah. go into that, like, like Luther night, like nailing the 95 theses, like read this for yourself. Like this is what they're teaching you. Like, no, you don't have to buy indulgences. No, like mm. you, it's not like by works that you're saved. Like read the word, like this yeah. is for you and read what it says. This isn't what it says. Don't just take your pastor's word. I yeah. mean, hopefully you're going to yes. a solid sound church, yeah. but it's like your pastor is, is human and like he could yeah. say something wrong. So even hold what your pastor says to scripture, yeah. but you don't know if what your pastor is saying is true, if you're not reading scripture. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so encouraging. Everyone go read your Bibles. Engulf yes. yourself in it. <laughs> Try coma. Oh, 
Okay, what are there? Were there any other habits? That was the main one, girl. That was the main life changing one. (laughs) Uh, Yes. What is a lie that you've believed that God has had to, or maybe still is, uprooting in your heart? Mm. Um. So the biggest one is so context for this. Yeah. I'll say that the biggest lie is that my job is, um, or I guess the biggest lie would be that I am in more control than I think that I am Mm -hmm. or that I possess more control than I actually do. So then context for that a little bit. So our son Braxton, um, he is almost two, but he has, he's diagnosed with something called epileptic encephalopathy. So big word, but it just basically means that he um, has struggled with seizures and then some people can struggle with seizures and then they can just like go on to live normal lives. But then when you have encephalopathy or epileptic encephalopathy, then that means that like your seizures affect um, your muscles and nervous systems more. Mm-hmm. And it's more of like a long-term affecting you thing. So for Braxton's pretty much his whole life, um, almost two year old, he has struggled with seizures. He's like a hundred and something days seizure free now. Praise, Praise the God. Lord. Spoiler alert. He's yes. seizure free for a hundred days. <laughs> Praise God. Um, but he still has lots of other, like he's super, super low muscle tone. He struggles holding his head up and he's almost two and he is like covered in rashes. So he still has lots of other problems and a long way, road to go. But I think that the biggest lie with that, because he has just lots of different health problems, but the biggest lie with that is um, I remember one day his seizures left for maybe like a week or so and I was so excited and then he ended up relapsing and they came back and share like every day starting at what age he was having multiple a day right yes, like he starting at started at four months old he was like born completely normal and then right around four months old then he was having they're called the infantile spasm seizures so they're just like a quick twitch of the body um so he was having close to a hundred of them a day it was wow. just twitch after twitch after twitch after twitch oh um all day and throughout the night and he was just screaming for over a over a year year. almost two years yeah well let's see for yeah a little over a year i'd say yeah insane and then through all of that then his brain um was in a state of chaos it's called hypsarrhythmia that comes with infantile spasm seizures but it's in like a literal state of clinical chaos so he can't have a clear thought he can't like learn anything new because his brain is chaotic so he was just screaming all the time there's nothing i could do to console him Mm. and he was covered in rashes and he was constantly seizing and i there was not a day that went by for over a year that i didn't just weep and weep and weep for him Mm. it was so I mean, it was absolutely horrible. Yeah. And it's like one thing if it's happening to you, but when like you're watching it happening to your baby and you're just so helpless, um, it was absolutely horrible. So with that, then he was seizure free for like a week or something a while ago. And then he ended up um, relapsing. And and we're, we were so excited because we're like, oh my word, like, okay, finally, like the medicine's working and our prayers, you know, are being answered. And we were so excited and we were telling all of our friends we were celebrating. I remember our friends even brought over like brownies to celebrate. And then he ended up having another seizure that same day, like a week later. And I just remember like it just it just broke me. I was just so upset. So we put Braxton to bed and it was at night that we saw it. We put him to bed and we put Russell to bed and I just went into the bathroom and I just wept and wept and wept. And I was just such a mess. And I remember my sweet... Very godly husband comes in, and um, and he said to me, "What is now written on my fridge, and what I remind myself of every day, 
but um, it has to do with a lie that I told myself. But he said, Nicole, your job, your job is not to heal Braxton, um, but your job is to faithfully love him, serve him and point him to Jesus. And then the results of that are up to God. So I have that written on my fridge in bold black marker. It's hanging up there now. And it's just like, it's such a beautiful reminder because he's so right. Like my job isn't to heal him. And I have put like so much pressure and anxiety on myself. Like we got to go to a better doctor and this medicine isn't working. We need to change. And I need to do this research. And maybe we need to go to this state or out of the state or out of the country. And this guy really knows this and all of this pressure. And there is that human responsibility of like, okay, well I need to be a good steward with him and serve him well. But then it's like, at the end of the day, like my job, it's not my job to, I can't, it's not my job to heal him, but my job is to faithfully love him and to serve him and then to point his heart to Jesus. And then whatever the Lord does with that, whatever the results are, that's completely up to him. So I think like the Lord using Seth to uproot that lie um, was just so huge for me. And it's some, it's like a daily lie that I have to, that Satan tries to whisper in my ear that I have to remind myself of, uh, Nicole, this is not your job to heal him. Your job is to faithfully love him and serve him and point him to Jesus. And then the results are up to God. Wow. Wow. One thing that you are passionate about following what you just shared about Brax, um, one thing you're passionate about is God drawing people closer to himself through trials. So can you talk to us? Yeah, just a little bit more about what you just did. Would you be willing to share more of that and how you've seen God do that in your own life? Yeah. So. Yeah, kind of shared Braxton's story right around four months. Then he was born completely normal. Like we did everything, quote unquote, textbook right that they tell you to do and that the doctors tell you to do. And then all of a sudden at four months old, completely normal baby. All of a sudden at four months old, um, Russell was eating breakfast and Braxton was in a little like bouncer in the kitchen and I was making eggs. And all of a sudden Braxton, I just heard like this hiccup sound and then he started crying and I turn around and look at him and it was October 5th, 2020. And I turn around and look at him and um, he just looked so terrified and confused. And I was looking at him and then he did it again. And it was like this whole body crunch and like just this sound of like a hiccup. I literally hear it like echoing in my mind, but just like this hiccup sound. And then he was confused and it would happen again and again and again and again. And I pick him up and I'm like, what in the world is happening? And he's screaming his head off. I call the doctor. Doctor tells me, oh, it's just gas. Like you can give him some Mm. grape juice or something. And so anyway, long story short, for about two, maybe about a month or two, um, we had no idea that it was seizures. So about a month or two, we were in and out of the hospital. He had this unnecessary surgery. They thought that it was something in his stomach, um, which it wasn't, but they had no idea that it was seizures. And I felt like no doctor was listening to me. And I'm Mm. like, something is wrong with my kid. Like, what do I do? So anyway, we switched pediatricians. And then this new pediatrician was like, um, she said, "I I think we need to get a brain scan. And I remember Seth and I are like, I don't think we need to like I think that's a little much and we were almost gonna like cancel the appointment because we're like I don't like it's something in his stomach because he's crunching yeah um so anyway we got the brain scan and then sure enough right away like two minutes they hooked them all up and like two minutes into it then they're like yep you're staying the night like you're gonna stay for a while he's having seizures and they're this rare really aggressive and dangerous type of infantile spasm seizures so 
yeah, that ha- that was going on and on. We've tried we tried countless really dangerous meds, but for the sake of stopping the seizures, then it was necessary. And then long story short, he uh yeah, he just struggled for about a year, a little over a year. And um now by the grace of God, he is a hundred or so days seizure free. Insane. Yeah. Yeah. There was this verse and I just remember one of the times that we were at the hospital. It was one of the first times we were at the hospital and Braxton, he Braxton was in the ICU because he had dangerously high blood pressure and they thought he had a stroke and it was this whole big thing and he was hooked mm. up to oxygen. And I remember it was in the height of COVID. So yeah. I was I was the only one that was able to be there. Seth had oh. to stay home with Russell. Russell couldn't come. We had no family or friend that could come because it was COVID. So I remember we were in the hospital and Braxton's oxygen was, um, I just remember it was going down and, Mm. um, and I remember just being so terrified. Um, and it was in the middle of the night. I was all alone with him. Mm. And I just remember watching like his oxygen continue to go down and down and down. And then nurses would rush in and they would have to like kind of shake him awake. Um, Cause he was trying to sleep, but every time he would sleep, his oxygen oh. level will go down like dangerously low. So then they would come in and they would up his oxygen or they would come in and shake him. And it was just, it was just trauma. It was just terrifying. Yeah. And I remember I had a mentor at the time and she, she told me to memorize Lamentations 3 verses 22 through 24. And it was my saving grace during that time. Um, and what it says, Lamentations 3, 22 through 24, it says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. And it's beautiful wow. because Lamentations like is a whole book of lament. It's like yeah. the nation of Israel is in complete ruins. Yeah. And then um, this prophet is like looking over Israel and it's just like mourning and weeping mm-hmm. over all of this disaster and chaos happening. And then in the midst of that, then he says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So it's just so beautiful and I just resonated with it so much. So as Braxton's yeah. oxygen levels going down, then I remember I would wake up, I was I was sleeping in a chair right next to the monitor that was watching his oxygen and I would I was just wrapped up in a blanket and watched and I was watching it. And every time his oxygen would go down and I felt myself start to worry and panic, then I would repeat to myself, mm-hmm. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my mm-hmm. portion, says my soul. Therefore I will hope in him. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Mercies never come to an end. And I would just repeat it over and over and over and over to myself um, as I just watched his oxygen drop. And at that time, we really thought that we were going to lose him. It was a really real reality that he could pass. And um, I felt like as I was watching his oxygen go down, I'm like, am I watching my baby pass away right now? Like, how do you process that? What do you do? steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. Um, And just repeating that over and over and over to myself. It's like suffering binds you to the Lord and like thrusts you to his chest Mm. in a way that nothing else could like what other situation in life would thrust me beautifully and violently <laughs> to like the chest and the arms of my God to like, like, Lord, I have nowhere else to run. I don't know if my baby's dying. Like, 
there's no yeah. drink or or thing to smoke or place to go to to numb my pain like nothing is sufficient to numb this nothing is sufficient to make this better like mm-hmm. where else would i go it is literally only you the steadfast love of the mm-hmm. lord never ceases his mercies never come to an end the lord is my portion mm-hmm. says my soul i will hope in him and just being thrusted to the chest of the lord um in such a a beautiful way and such a violent way um I mean, like nothing else compares to that. And I think like in hindsight, you know, being being months out of that situation, I would never not ask for that situation. Like I if the Lord gave me, if the Lord let me see all of my life and all of what he was going to do and how he was going to work in that, like I wouldn't ask him to take that back because of the closeness and just like the genuine intimacy that the lord allowed me to feel with him mm-hmm. like there are no words and there are no things that can compare to that like whatever you need to do in my life lord to 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 bring me to that place with you like have your way the steadfast love of the lord never ceases his mercies never come to an end they are new every morning wow Oh my goodness. Can you share, I'm sure you have countless stories, just other ways that you saw him show up through this, that whole last year, maybe through people Mm. or through an encouraging word or yeah, just his word, like you just said. Yeah. Um, Or even like glimpses of hope through Brax. I mean, this mm. sweet boy. Yeah. Yeah. Man, there are so many. I feel like just another one, like I just remember at the beginning of all of this too, um, watching Braxton suffer and just being reminded like, man, Lord, you are a Lord that that knows our trouble so intimately. Like, God, you have you watched your babies or not baby, like you watched your child suffer yeah. um, immensely. You watched your child take on your full wrath yeah. and just the pain and like, I can't imagine what that caused you. And then me like watching my baby suffer in a small way. So just like the closeness of the Lord with that, just feeling mm. like, Lord, you know what that feels like to watch your, your kids mm. suffer, the kid that you love. Yeah. Um, you know what that's like to watch him suffer. And then I think also just as I study scripture, um, I've been in the Old Testament a lot, but and actually through all of Braxton's journey, I've been studying the Old Testament, which is strange because I normally don't. Mm. Um But I just see, especially in the Old Testament, I see so much like just brokenness in the world and just this need for a savior. And and then I look at Braxton's body as as we're like in the hospital or even now at home, like he's still very weak and covered in rashes. Um, And I think just another thing that the Lord has taught me and it's just like, yeah, it's just taught me and just revealed is just this really sobering look at the brokenness of our world. And I mean, that's what it talks about in Romans 8, um, where it's like the world, the whole world is groaning for the coming of the Lord. It's like with birth pains, like it's all just groaning for the for the coming of the Lord. And it's like my baby's body is mm. groaning for you to come back, Jesus. And yeah, never in my life have I just begged Jesus to come back. Um, but then even the Lord, like just getting my heart and my family's heart excited for his return and excited for him to fully restore the world and and give us new bodies in heaven, like yeah. what that means. And it just puts a whole different, um, I think, perspective and twist on like reality and the brokenness mm-hmm. of this world when you see it in your poor baby. Yeah. Oh, 
Oh my goodness. Just getting to watch you guys via social media. I didn't even get to like do like life with you or like be around you guys, but just getting to see as you would continually update everyone on Brax through your videos and your stories. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you continually preaching the gospel to yourself and others through that reminding everyone, Mm -hmm. which leads us into our next question. God is in control. He is not far off. He Mm -hmm. is in control of all of this. So another thing you're wildly passionate about is God's sovereignty. So talk to us about it. Oh, my goodness. Well, I mean, man, God's sovereignty is just literally all over every book, every chapter of scripture. And then again, being in the Old Testament, I was just like, the battle is the Lord's. Every Mm. battle that these people are trying to win, like the Lord's sovereign over if they're going to win it or not. It's not their strength or the number in their army. Like the battle is the Lord's. Yeah. so it's just crazy how it's, and then even like the Lord is sovereign over people's hearts, like God yeah. hardening Pharaoh's heart or softening yeah. his heart and God hardening my heart um, or, or God's like softening my heart. It's just insane how sovereign the Lord is over everything. And it's insane how in control we think that we are too. Mm-hmm. I think like when I think of God's sovereignty, then I just compare it to I mean, of course, it just makes me think like, and here I am thinking I can control my life and my situations and my children's health. And it's like there is that human responsibility aspect in there. Like, okay, well, I want to be a good steward. Um, And the Lord plans his steps or or a man plans his steps, but then the Lord directs his path. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, I'm going to go this way. But then, I mean, the Lord's sovereignty is just insane and it's just in every single situation in my life and in my family's life and everyone's life it's in every story in scripture i'm it's in like the season of life that we're in now it's where we're living like i mean the lord is just so insanely in control yeah it's it's like baffling and so comforting yes and how much freedom and comfort like you just said comes with that Every single thing, you're just like, oh, the Lord either wanted me to be here or didn't want me to be here. Oh, the Lord wanted Brax on this medicine or didn't. Oh, the Lord, this is the right PT he asked for Brax. You know, like we we get to just live in complete freedom as we walk and try to discern and and pray and ask for Mm -hmm. guidance and engulf ourselves in scripture so that we can hopefully make wise decisions. Of course, Mm -hmm. it comes with this like level of yeah, freedom. And like we were talking about earlier, like the pressure's just so off. Yeah. Even yeah. in sharing the gospel, like his sovereignty, yep. it is not on our perfect words when we're sharing the gospel. It is not on, you know, me making sure I invite this person enough times and, oh, me getting frustrated. Why won't they come? Oh, oh my gosh. No, like the Lord's sovereign and we get to keep making wise decisions and being mm. bold for the gospel and being bold and pray and plead for yeah. these people's hearts and for him to change their lives. But at the end of the day, in all things, how freeing it is that we aren't in control of it all. We just get yeah. to obey yep. and love him and love others. And yeah, how comforting for you knowing, okay, God's not far from Brax. He's encircled him, his hands mm. on him. And yes. he loves him more than I could ever imagine. Yep. Oh, yep. And just even thinking like, man, like this, like, the Lord is even like just jealous for his glory. Just thinking mm. like that, like the Lord would use me and the Lord would use my child for his glory. Yeah. And like, oh my goodness, his love for Braxton is infinitely more than I could ever imagine. But then just 
yeah, thinking like the Lord is jealous for his glory in this too. And when I see five reasons why something should go one way, mm. then it's like the Lord sees 5,000 reasons, maybe why it should go a completely mm. different way. Wow. Like he is just so sovereign. Yes. Yeah. It's so comforting with Brax and yeah, just seeing you guys trust him fully. And like you said, the thousands of people that have been affected by Brax's life and he's been alive less than two years or two years. Yeah. Yeah. Like for God's glory, which is the Lord's going to do whatever he wants to do for his name to get glory, to change hearts, to bring people to himself, let alone you to himself. Like you said, yeah. you are thrusted against his chest. <laughs> yes. You are vastly, you are 100% different than you were two years ago, a year and a half ago oh, because yes. of God. Crazy. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Last but not least thing that you're passionate about, the helpfulness of knowing who God is and knowing what life is about before you go through trials. Yes. You said it's so helpful to wrestle through things in the good times, quote unquote, because it better prepares and protects your heart in the hard times. So yeah, talk to us what that looked like for you and yeah, why that's so important and helpful. Yeah. Yeah. So as I was thinking about this, if I was not convinced of God's goodness mm. and his worthiness to be praised and his sovereignty before all of these different trials. And I've been through a couple of different trials. This is by far the biggest, but um, I mean, like I've had a miscarriage and mm. um, so I've been laid off before and then my dad had cancer um, mm. and just like all these different things. If I was not convinced of God's goodness and his worthiness to be praised and his sovereignty before I went through all of these things. Any of those things would have completely wrecked me. And I mean, I think I would have just viewed the trial completely mm. different. Yeah, so many things would have completely wrecked me um, because I'm not a strong person. And it, I, I'm, I'm flattered when people think, you know, like, oh, you're so strong. Like, but I'm not, mm. I'm genuinely, I am genuinely a very weak, weak, emotionally driven woman. Like, just ask my husband. <laughs> he will be honest. <laughs> I am not a strong person. I'm not. But mm. I just have a very, very strong God who's mm. holding me. And if I was not convinced of all of these things of God, then I would have filtered this trial and all my other trials through a very different lens. But it's mm -hmm. almost like when you are convinced of who God is, his goodness and his worthiness to be praised and his sovereignty over all situations, if you're already convinced of that before you go through a trial, then you filter that trial through a different lens. Like you mm -hmm. see it through different glasses um, because yeah. these are things that you've already wrestled through, um, that you've already processed through, that you're already convinced of. And then you're like, okay, pedal to the metal like mm. is this is this actually what i believe like here's this trial do i actually believe that god is worthy of praise do i actually believe that he is still good and do i actually believe that he is still in complete control over all these situations i love the do you know the Westminster Catechism? Mm -hmm. So I love that quote from it where it's like, man's chief end yes. is to know God and enjoy him forever. And it's like even just being convinced of that, then it's like, okay, if that is my goal and if that is my purpose, man's chief end is to know God and enjoy him yeah. forever. And it's like, okay, whatever season of life I'm in, however hard or enjoyable it is, it's like, this is my chief end. This is God's um, goal. Like, um, what is God's, purpose for you to your sanctification um mm. for for me to know god and then enjoy him forever mm. um and i think like being in the habit of again like coming to the word and 
and searching for gospel glimpses and searching for God's character. Okay, what does this teach me about God? I think being in the habit of doing that before I went through the trial um, better prepared me for it. And then it even helped me process through all the grief and just like the Mm -hmm. horribleness that's happening um, because then I could come to the word and it's not like, okay, like, what do I do? What do I do? Do I need to do this? Or like the word's not going to tell me you should take epidolics instead yeah. of Clobazam medicine. Like, you know, that that's mm-hmm. not there, but it's like I come to the word and I search for, okay, who is my God? What is his character like? And then I met with such sovereignty mm-hmm. and such grace and mercy and goodness and glory. And it's like, it just allows me to rest. It allows me mm-hmm. to rest and, okay, I'm going to make the best informed decision that I can for Braxton or um, any other situation that I'm in. Yeah. But then it's like, I'm able to come to the word and just rest and, okay, I'm reminded who my God is. And then my role is to rest in that and mm-hmm. repent of, of this need to be in control and to micromanage everything. Wow. That's so helpful. And like you said, with going, bringing it back to God's word, if you, if we aren't in scripture, we're going to create this own picture of who we think God is based mm. on our opinions or maybe based on our father figure in our life or based on other things. And we could get it wrong. And then yeah. you're not even, you're not able to rest because you maybe have this idea of God that he's an upset, stern, angry grandpa God. Mm. When in reality, like you write in Lamentations, his steadfast love never ends. His mercies are new every morning. I'm in Romans this morning and it's either in Romans six or seven. We're under grace. Mm. We're under grace. That is what we are under. We are under only grace and Mm. love and end of man. Uh The chief's Mm -hmm. Man's cheap end. Man's cheap end. That line from that catechism is always so freeing to me because my chief end is not to know the most or to do the most and have the most works and all these things. It's to enjoy God and bring his name glory. And Mm. when I'm doing those things, usually those other things fall out of that. I end up wanting to study. I'm studying his word because I want to bring glory. I'm wanting to do good works because I love him and I'm enjoying him. And just the freedom that comes with, oh, we're just made to enjoy him and bring him glory. Nothing else. He didn't give us this list of you must do this and this and this. No, am I enjoying him and bringing him glory in all that I do? Yes, we can rest. What rest? And then even like how insane and countercultural is it that like I can even rest in this trial because Mm. like I can just I can rest in like God's got it. My job is not to fix this trial. My job is not to fix me or to um, fix my kid. But my job is to just rest in God's goodness and to Mm. faithfully love and serve and point whoever it is to Jesus. But then it's like I can rest in God's sovereignty that the results are up to him. Mm. Wow. So what advice might you have? This isn't on there, so I'm sorry. You can that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. What advice might you have for someone that is currently in a season of suffering mm. and they feel like it's maybe never going to end or maybe it's just been a short season of suffering? Yeah. What advice could you give to them? Yeah. Cling to God. Mm. White knuckles 
cling to God, where else would you go for hope? Mm. The hope is not going to be in that Google search or that next doctor um, or Mm. that next appointment or that drink or that, are you scrolling? Like that's not where the hope is. Those are all temporary things. And even if this doctor or this medicine or this Google search does help your momentary problem, then it's like you're going to go through another trial. Like our life is just like because of the brokenness of the world, because of the fall and the curse of sin, it's like our life is trial after trial after trial after trial. This trial that you're in right now, I I pray that it doesn't last long, but you're going to have another one. Mm -hmm. And then after that trial ends, you're going to have another one. Mm -hmm. And that's just, we're not home. That's the world that we live in. And, And we search for this like heaven on earth here. We search for oh, well, um, I want to, you know, I want my life to go this way and I want this and this to happen and it's not happening that way. So I got to make my own heaven on earth and I got to make this happen. But yeah, it's just such a fleeting pleasure. So anyway, so my advice would be um, to white knuckles cling to the Lord because he is is your only hope and your Mm. life is about resting in him and and enjoying him and and yeah any other thing that you could get is going to be insufficient for your joy it's not it's a fleeting pleasure yeah so cling to him be in his word Mm. be in solid christian community that continues to point your heart to him Mm, that's so encouraging thanks so much for sharing all about brax and your journey and yeah again just so grateful that you like i said before you're paving the way for my next battle for my mm. next season of suffering, you're paving the way and probably so many other people's you're paving the way for them too. that our next season of suffering, like mm. you said, gosh, we will be encouraged by, oh, okay, I get to look back and see Nicole placed her faith and trust completely and okay, Lord, help me to do the same. And even people, yeah, learning from you, getting to reach out to you and your life is such a testimony. And so mm. I'm just praising God for you and Brax's life and your husband and sweet Russell. Mm, Okay. Who has had the biggest influence on your walk with Jesus and why? Yes. So as I was thinking about that one, there are lots of different people there. Um, and it's so funny. I actually saw on Instagram you hung out with one Naomi Whitney. I love her. I love Wait, because you okay? I was like, I went to maybe the rock. okay, maybe we like had a short. Did you go to the Rock too? No, oh. but I knew Danny and Naomi. Yep. And, yeah, yes. So all those girls, Danny and Naomi and Josie. Um, yeah, I think. Th- I mean, like they were in the season of my life when I was like fresh out of the world, smelling mm. like the world, look like the world baby newborn baby christian nicole Mm. um so i think just watching especially naomi but really even danny and and josie just worship the lord and talk about the lord i was in their small group Mm. and getting to go to their dorm and just hearing them talk about the lord was huge um and then this girl kelsey wildman i don't know if you know her but Mm -hmm. she used to go to city light and she taught me how to study the word for the first time um Virgil Walker kind of introduced me to Reformed theology. Mm. And then I have these two women discipling me, Tanya and Carrie at our current church. Mm. Um, But I think overarchingly, as I think back to like the biggest influence, it is my husband. Mm. I think that my husband 100% has had the biggest influence on my walk with the Lord. I would not be as like, I mean, the Lord just used him to stir up like this passion in me for the Lord um, because the Lord's given Seth such insane 
passion mm. and like jealousy for the Lord's glory. Like I've never met someone who is so jealous for God's glory wow. and for his name than I have in Seth. And it is so, I mean, he's a simple guy, but just like getting to be his wife. And then even before his wife, like just getting to watch him. And I was just like, man, I want to be more like Seth. Like he is just such a solid man. And he's just taught me so much. He's corrected so much theology that I've had. Mm. Um, And yeah, he's for sure played the absolute biggest influence on my walk with the Lord in teaching me and rebuking me and helping my heart to just be affectionate for the Lord and teach me what that even looks like. Um, so it's really, really cool to not get to be married to him and like, just get to, mm. I literally just get to watch. I feel like Seth is almost like discipling me too. Like I get wow. to watch my disciple or like just the other day we got in a fight. It was totally my fault. And he apologized to me <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, that's convicting. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but just like getting to watch his humility mm. and like his love for the Lord, like, I literally, sometimes he'll talk and I'll take no- notes. Like wow. this is, I don't wow. know. I just, I, Praise I'm obsessed God. with him. He's great. Praise the Lord of that gift of a husband, father of your children. Yeah. I'm just rejoicing with you. That is so, so sweet of the Lord. Mm. Wow. Okay. What is the best advice you've ever received? Yeah. I think it kind of goes along with that. Um, I remember when I was single, I think this is probably at City Light. I don't remember who told me this, but they said to marry someone that you want to be more like. Mm. And that is advice that I tell all my single sisters now. Oh. Um, marry someone that you want to be more like. Date someone that you want to be more like. Mm. Um, I remember really... Uh, like almost up until uh, pretty much up until I met Seth, almost all the guys that I was dating, um, it was guys, almost all the guys I was dating. It was just like, Oh, I, I can change them and kind of flirt to convert. Like I'll flirt with them and I'll get them to church and I'll, I'll bring Mm -hmm. them here. And, um, they were guys that I was hoping that I would rub off on. Um, Mm -hmm. but then the thing is like who you hang out with, like scripture even says bad company corrupts good character. Yeah. So, um, yeah, who you hang out with really influences you. So I would say marry someone that you want to become more like because you will become like them. Mm, I love that. What is a piece of scripture the Lord is currently using to encourage, exhort or convict you with lately? Mm, I don't know where it's out of my notes, but um, (laughs) so what I've been doing lately is uh, I have been reading and like separate from my quiet time. I normally have my quiet time when the boys nap around like one, mm-hmm. but then in the morning, um, cause I have such an addiction to my phone. I think in the morning mm-hmm. I'll just wake up and I'll just start scrolling. So as of a couple weeks ago ish, um, then I started this thing where I will, by the grace of God, I'll wake up and whatever day it is. So like today's the third, then I'll go to either Psalm three or Psalm 33 mm. or Psalm 43. And I'll kind of flip through and see which Psalm, um, like resonates with me the most. And then I will read that and then I will just pray through that. Mm. Um, so then I'll, I'll make that Psalm just like a guided prayer that I'll pray. And then, um, so this morning it was Psalm 33 cause mm. it's the third and it was a beautiful Psalm of like the first three verses are, um, a praise to God, like shout for joy for the Lord mm. and give thanks to him and sing a new song to him. And then the rest of the Psalm gives like 
kind of four reasons why we should praise Mm. him and give thanks to him. So it's like, because he is righteous and he's just and because Mm. he's sovereign over all things Mm. and because he's, he is a creator and has complete authority over his creation. And then because he loves and cares for his people and, Mm. and he is giving them an, an inheritance. And then it's like, therefore, my heart will hope in the Lord. My heart will be glad in the Lord because I hope in him. So I just kind of let that this morning be like my Mm. guided prayer. Um, And then what I've been doing is, so that's just been like a good rebuke and encouragement. Yeah. And then I'll like put, because my mind is so prone to wander throughout the day. It's like, (laughs) I'll have my quiet time and then I'll completely forget Uh, what I was reading. Yeah. So then as of just like a week ago, I feel like I newly discovered the reminders in my phone. Don't know where those are my whole life. Amazing. They're great. My husband got me hooked on them. Oh, really? Hey, Siri, remind me. At, oh, yes. <laughs> yes. So then what I'll do is whatever uh, my guided prayer was through a psalm that day, then I'll think of like a little mini one sentence summary or a couple, couple word summary mm. of what that is, and then put that in a reminder in my phone to go off every single hour to remind cool. me. So then, like today, I have. I forgot what I wrote down, but I have like praise the Lord because he's worthy of praise. Mm, Um, So then it's like every hour I'm just reminded, you know, hard things will happen in my day and I'll be frustrated or I'm going to sin some way today and Mm -hmm. just being reminded every hour. Okay. Praise the Lord because he's worthy of praise. And I'm frustrated in this situation, but praise the Lord, not because I love the situation of life that I'm in right now, but praise him because he's worthy of praise. Remember what you read in Psalm 33. So that's just been a good encouragement. And I love that so much. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to do that. Yeah. Okay, someone is out there, God willing, listening to this, and maybe for the first time thinking, I want to respond to the gospel. I want to know and follow Jesus. What is a tangible next step for them? What advice do you maybe have for them? Mm. So I would say two things. Uh, I would say one, I wish that I would have done this sooner, but I would say find someone older in your church Mm. um, that you spiritually look up to and ask them to get coffee with you Mm. and ask them to get coffee regularly with you. Mm. I didn't do that until just a couple years ago, and it Mm. has rocked my walk with the Lord. Just getting to watch an older sister in Christ that you spiritually look up to and just asking them questions and just hearing about their life, like it is just so cool. And then, and then with that, like being open and vulnerable with them, with where yeah. you're at um, and like giving them the freedom to speak into mm, your life. Say it again, giving them yes. the freedom to speak into your life. Yes. Yeah. So just finding that person and then regularly asking them um, out to coffee and just being vulnerable and giving mm. them that freedom. And then the second thing, surprise, surprise, get into your Bible. Yeah. <laughs> um, get into your Bible. And I would say start reading if you're new to reading scripture, if you've never read it before. Um, I would say the book of Mark. Um, I think a lot of people will say John. John's a great book, too. Um, I think that I I normally recommend the book of Mark because I think it I think it's smaller and it's just more um, condensed in, um, I think, someone that is newer to reading scripture sometimes it's hard like in the book of john then there's a lot of um there's a lot of like things that like it's assuming that you know already i think and then in mark it's just a beautiful narrative of like this happened this happened then Mm. this happened so it's really easy to pause at certain paragraphs to like just read a paragraph and then to ask yourself Okay, what does this story teach me about God? And then just ask that simple question. Mm. So get a Bible, read through the book of Mark, read through just like a paragraph a day, and then ask yourself, what does this story teach me about God? And writing that down or writing in your phone as a reminder or just thinking about it. Mm, I love that. 
Amazing. Okay, we are going to wrap up our conversation with some rapid fire questions. Yes. Keyword, rapid keyword, fire. Okay, are you ready? I won't even look at my notes. Don't for even this look. One. Let's see if you got it. Okay, favorite book all time. I may have talked to you. Yeah, well- <laughs> I forgot what I put. Oh, no, I remember. <laughs> Um, reading the Bible supernaturally by John Piper. Okay, I've never even heard of that. It's a chunky one, but it's so okay. You would love it. It's beautiful. Adding it to the list. Favorite song right now. Man, um, what did I put? (laughs) She's got to get her notes back out. What I? Oh, um. A Man Named Job by Ryan Proudfoot. Mm. Seth showed me that one. Oh, wow. I think it's an oldie, but okay. a goodie. That sounds amazing. A Man Named Job. Favorite song all time? Oh, Take It All Back by Judah and the Lion. Have you heard that one? Uh-uh. Oh, man. Okay. You got to write these down. I know. And, and oh, look at I them. will. Oh, I love the little folky okay. ukulele part in it. I love it. Do you sing? No. I wish I did. Okay. <laughs> you see, you just seem like someone that would sing. All right. I okay. sing in the shower. I love it. Okay. Favorite food? Garlic bread. Wow. Do you Ooh. have a specific kind or just any? Um, For my 21st birthday, but either my 21st or my 22nd, I went to Fazoli's and I asked for either 21 or 22 breadsticks with my friends. I, I think it. that's my 22nd. Yeah. I love it. They got and, some good ones. Oh, Wait, how old are you now? Now I'm 28. Amazing. Favorite Bible teacher to listen to? Paul Washer. Ooh, okay. Have you heard of Paul no. Washer? Where's oh, he at? girl. Oh, ooh, I don't know what church he's at. He's on like Spotify though or Apple oh, yeah. Podcasts. Okay. He, yeah, I mean, he's on YouTube. I listen to him on YouTube. I don't okay. know what church he teaches at, but he is such a humble, Ugh. fiery, like just very passionate. He reminds me a lot of Seth. He's just very passionate for the Lord's glory mm. and he's just so humble in his teaching. I love it. Paul Washer. Favorite podcast. Um, ask Pastor John. Yes. Do you listen okay. To that? Yes. I've listened a few times. I need to get back to John Piper. I've oh, been... John Piper's great. Yeah. Love his passion. Something not many people know about you. <laughs> so, um, years ago when I was in college, I was just going to Metro, but I got offered a scholarship for women's wrestling. No way. <laughs> Isn't that hilarious? What? Where? Um, at Midland. Oh my Midland gosh, University. Cool. Yeah. I feel like they were probably desperate for women wrestlers, but I did like judo and taekwondo when I was in okay. junior high. So it's like a lot of flips and oh, cool. can kind you still of wrestling. Do it? Well, I would say I can. My husband would say I can't, but sometimes I'll like jokingly try and judo flip him. And <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> it, 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 Sometimes you get it. I, it kind of works. I love it. We kind of like fall on the ground at the same time, yeah, but I, I know the moves. That's awesome. <laughs> what are you loving right now? Could be anything. Um, Two things I'm loving. I'm loving the chiropractic care. Have you ever been to a chiropractor? Yes. Oh. Just this morning I was thinking, I need to go into one bad. Oh, I man. Been in a while. So I love the chiropractor. Okay. That's a new love. Do and all of your kiddos go too? They do. Okay. Yep. Cool. We go to Honest Chiropractic. Okay, They're I've heard great, great things about them. She is great. My best friend goes there. Okay, oh, really? I have to go there. Yep, she's great. And then I love, I also love ordering pink drinks with no ice from Starbucks hmm. because then you get double the drink. Okay. Homegirl like kind of skips yeah. a lot of the drink part with all the ice. Yes. So, oh, you get so much more drink when you order no ice and then you get home and then you just add ice to it. Who's winning here? I know. You are. <laughs> You are winning here. I love it. How can our friends listening today be praying for you? 
Um, I think just for wisdom for Braxton, just continued wisdom for his health. Um, And then if you could just be praying to that, it's just a continued prayer that my joy, just constantly fighting for, that my joy would not be in my circumstance, um, that I wouldn't just be having a good day because Braxton's health is good and Russell's been a good, obedient boy that day, Mm -hmm. uh, but that my joy would be um, more anchored in just the Lord and his gospel and my hope in him, regardless of what situation I'm in. Yeah. Anything else we didn't talk about that you wanted to touch on? I can't think of it. We touched very thorough. I'm so grateful to have you on today, Nicole. I learned so much from you and yeah, I am just praying and believing and knowing that the Lord is going to use this conversation, but he already is using your life and your family's life. So just thank you for your faithfulness. And yeah, thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks, girl. Thanks for having me. Wow. I am constantly spurred on by Nicole's life and faith, and I'm praying that you were too today. So many of you might know that I own a Christian apparel company with my two brothers called Mac and Benj. Mac and Benj exists to bring glory to God through apparel and other fun stuff. Our mission is to provide high quality clothing for men and women that speaks life, starts gospel centered conversations and reminds you of the gospel message while you're wearing it. My favorite part about the business is that we get to give away 50% of the profit from each collection to a different nonprofit that's living out the gospel. The business is truly such a gift from the Lord and such a blast. And it's been so much fun to have people like you getting so excited along with us and partnering with us to spread the gospel. So we switched it up last month. And as of July, we are offering two designs each month. So in July, we offered two designs. August, coming up in a couple weeks, we have the designs done. We'll be offering two more designs, etc. September, October for the foreseeable future. So just wanted to give y'all a little heads up on that as I'm off the grid. So you can subscribe to Mac and Benj emails to stay up to date on that. The link is in the show notes. And you can also apply to be an ambassador through the link on our Instagram at Mac and Benj. You can also subscribe to my monthly emails. The link to subscribe to those is in the show notes as well. Lastly, you may have seen my random episodes of me simply reciting scripture, and I plan to keep doing that. The why behind that is to give you some episodes that are just God's living and active word. Maybe on the drive to work, you just need to be spoken over and washed by the word of God and nothing else. Maybe some days it's hard to open your Bible and you can turn on one of those episodes and listen to what God is speaking straight from his word. So praying those can be helpful to you right where you are at. And with that, I decided I wanted to leave each episode with a piece of scripture to encourage you. I feel like this year has been the year of Psalm 119 for me, and I have a feeling that it will be a life of Psalm 119, but specifically the Lord has used these verses this year to encourage my soul deeply, and it's Psalm 119, verses 33 through 40. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I will keep it to the end. Give me understanding that I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. Lead me in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. Confirm to your servant your promise that you may be feared. Turn away the reproach that I dread, for your rules are good. Behold, I long for your precepts, and your righteousness give me life. Friends, join me in turning our eyes away from worthless things and turning them back to Jesus alone. Go, be bold, and love big, and we will see you next time.